0: Welcome back to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Today we discuss crime scene cleanup, uh, a brutal topic, unfortunately, but uh, something I felt needed to be discussed on the podcast. Before we get into all of that, of course, please continue to support the podcast by leaving reviews, le- giving us five stars, sharing it on your social media, and following us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Obsessed with Death Pod on instagram and i think it's obsessed with death podcast on twitter i don't know i don't prepare before these things uh today we speak with laura she created a nationwide crime scene cleanup business based out of florida but it's 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 now happening all over the country an incredible story uh she basically started cleaning up crime scenes as a side hustle weekend gig Turned it into this nationwide, extremely successful business. She's got a podcast. I'll tag everything. Make sure you're following us on Instagram to get all of that as well. Just a heads up as well, if you do go check out their Instagram, they do a great job of giving you warnings, but it's brutal. It's a tough Instagram. It's a tough follow. If you're into that, it's a great follow. But just a heads up, It is pr- some of the stuff they post is very graphic. So we don't get extremely graphic on the podcast, but we do discuss, obviously, the topic And uh, she shares some very interesting stories. Great episode, though. So glad we got to take the time to record it. So glad you guys are continuing to listen and spread the word. And uh, I hope you enjoy another episode of Obsessed with Death. Basically, the way we start the podcast is I sort of just am interested in obviously your profession. Um, death is a part of kind of a day to day for you, but what is your relationship with death like? Um, do you think about it a lot? Is it something uh, that that you're concerned about? How does for me, it, it, death is something that's just sort of become a part of my life because I think about it so much. Um, but but what kind of effect does, does death have on you and sort of your day-to-day?
1: You know, I think that there's a, a certain curiosity around death because it's something that is really elusive to most people. Um, it's not something that we're exposed to on a daily basis. Um, I remember, I think I was about uh, seven or eight years old the first time I saw Um, a dead person. And it was uh, a neighbor that, you know, kind of just passed away from natural causes. And I remember just kind of being very introspective about it and wondering, you know, how does this happen? What happens when you die, you know, and just having all these normal questions that a kid would have. Um, And then as I got older, and you know, obviously, the older you get, the more exposed to death that you are. And then going into my profession, and I was in law enforcement before this. So I saw a lot of death. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I think that people in general want there to be something else after death uh, for whatever reason, but I just, I just don't think so. I think, you know, you, you die and that's it. And it's the normal kind of uh, progress of life.
0: Sure. Do you feel like that sort of was maybe a part of what led you to the field that you're in? Obviously, you said you started in law enforcement. Um, and of course, yeah, I understand death being a big part of that. Do you think that, that the way that you sort of feel about de- death helped uh, with your profession and, and also sort of led you to that direction?
1: Um, it's, it's really hard to say, um, I definitely think that I had kind of an adverse effect on me when I w- when I started in law enforcement, I was only twenty, twenty two, twenty three 22, 23 years old. So being exposed to the crime and the shootings and the stabbings and all that, that was really kind of life changing for me.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because, you know, I just grew up average, you know, middle class, you know, that, that kind of stuff was foreign to me. Um, I think the thing that hit me the most was the amount of people that die unattended and are left there for days, weeks and months to just literally decompose, which indicates that no one was looking for them. So I think that's really the biggest aha moment for me that was like, wow, there's really that many people that are completely alone in this crowded world.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not something I think a lot of people realize and, and ever really think about unless you're, you're kind of put in that situation. Um, This is something we talk about on the podcast all the time. But it's like, I think, obviously, it's a very (laughs) uncomfortable situation it's an awful thing to think that there's people that are passing away and and then they're just almost immediately forgotten about that there's nobody looking for them that there's no one you know wondering what they're doing um and it's kind of another reason why i i feel like um not necessarily why we need to be talking about death more but i think that that's that's a, a topic right there that i've never really even thought about that much but that does I mean, that must be, like you said, it's happening all the time. Um, yeah, it's, so and an, it's it,
1: very it, interesting, the cultures and how the cultures view death, different cultures, yeah. like, um, you know, 9-11 just passed, of course. And yeah. uh, I was watching, you know, the documentary on, on that and how those guys that acted as pilots literally thought that by doing, crashing this in and killing all these people, that they were going to a higher purpose yeah. So their view on death was, you know, they're heroes. They're a martyr. Uh, when we view it as, wow, how could somebody do something like that to random strangers? So yeah. it's so interesting to me. And then the burial process, too. That's a whole nother thing. Sure. You know, if you're the, the Jewish religion, they they don't wait a lot of time to uh, to bury you and they don't do any embalming. So I've always yeah. thought it was very interesting on how people take dying and make some type of ritual out of it
0: yeah that that is I mean it's it it, I mean to your point exactly yeah it's 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 wild that there's some people that are like I I'm gonna die a hero doing this you know incredibly evil thing and then there's other people who I think like the confidence to have and like the the faith to have to be able to do what they did, knowing that this is it, this is how I'm going to die. And then hopefully, or they're assuming this is what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of terrifying in the sense of like how powerful our brains are. Because yeah. it's, it's the brain that's, that's convincing them that right. that me doing this thing is going to give me all of this in the afterlife. Um, it's, it's what makes, I, I feel like, death so interesting, Cause I mean, that's such a perfect example. And I, and I was obviously the anniversary had just passed and it is such a tough thing to think about. Um, yeah. and such an awful way for so many people to die obviously, but, um, it's yeah, it's, it's such a complex thing. Obviously. I think some people just think, you know, it's just, you get old, you die, but it, there's just so much more to it than that. And I think that's also why it's so interesting. Um, Specifically, with the the business that you that you've started, because again, it's it's a part of death that most people don't ever see. I'm assuming part of the reason you got into this business was because of your time in law enforcement. Was that what kind of sparked the initial interest?
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I got the aha moment of uh, you know, of a, a victim's family member asked me when we were going to come back and clean it up and uh, I had never been asked that question before. And I was really kind of flabbergasted. I didn't know how to answer it. And then when I started doing some research, I realized, Oh my God, there's like, no one doing this for these people. Like what are they left to do it on their own? Which in my opinion is probably worse than the death, you know, to have to remember that and clean that up. I mean, that's gotta be horrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't imagine. I I mean, uh, obviously depending on what, what exactly happened, but if it was some sort of like gruesome death, I mean, I don't understand how you could ever expect a friend or a family member to have to do that. Um, I also think it's pretty incredible that there's people out there that are like, that's, that's what I'm going to choose to do. Yeah. I mean, kind of let. So you, you realize that there's not really anybody doing this. What is, what is, what's sort of the process to even begin a business like this? Like, how do you, h- how do you find other people? Like, what was the process like?
1: Well, um, originally, it was supposed to be kind of a side hustle. And I was going to just start doing it on the side to help people out because there was no one else to do it. And uh, to my surprise, it, it kind of became an animal of its own. Uh, I didn't realize that the demand was that crazy. So uh, I had to make a decision between kind of quitting my job and doing this full time. And that's what I did. Uh, But the biggest surprise out of all of it is how easy it is to get employees. Because I would say a ton of the population is just obsessed with death and (laughs) uh, intrigued by it. They're very intrigued by it. They want to know what happens to the body. How does it decompose? What color is it? What does it You know, it's just morbid curiosity, really.
0: So you said this was sort of like a side gig. So at the time when you started, you were still working in law enforcement. And then what, on the weekends, just cleaning up crime scenes? How did you manage that?
1: Just off my shift. Whenever whenever I wasn't working my shift, I was doing it on the side.
0: I mean, I guess more of like... How do you how do you manage that as like a a, like a mental thing? Like you're working in law enforcement, that's stressful already. You're already seeing things that most people aren't seeing, and then you you get a day off, and you're like, "Well, now I'm going to go clean up crime scenes." I mean, where did you find where does this motivation come from to to do all of that?
1: Yeah, honestly, it was financial. Uh, I was not making very much money at all. I was living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, I was pretty much willing to do whatever it took to get out of that rat race.
0: Yeah. And then what kind of research was involved? I mean, obviously you're not just showing up to a crime scene with like a mop and a bucket. Like how, what's, what was the research process like to get that started? Well,
1: the research came before the cleanup did. So uh, when that lady had asked me if I would clean it up um, and then I started asking, you know, homicide and CSI, who does this? And they were all like, I don't know. I have no idea. So I started doing some research and I was living in Kansas city, Missouri at the time. And I found that there was a, um, company in Dallas, Texas that was providing training. And I used my, uh, only week of vacation and the little bit of savings that I had. And I, and I went out there and spent the week there to learn how to do it.
0: It's a hell of a vacation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and w- 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 so, I mean, obviously we, I don't need great details, but what, what was that? training process like how do, how do they train you to clean a crime scene
1: so uh the best part of it i think was the actual hands-on yeah. so they used pig's blood and they had simulated like bedrooms living rooms and things and you got practice on how to uh clean various surfaces concrete and plastic and bedding and you know just everything that's in a normal home Uh, So you, you knew how to tackle that when the time came. But uh, I think the biggest surprise that I had was how much construction is involved. There is a ton.
0: Yeah. I've seen a few videos on your Instagram account where there was actually some like legitimate construction going on. Oh yeah. Uh, What exactly do you mean by construction? So what kind of work were you doing?
1: Well, when the body, you know, passes away and you start to decompose, all of your fluids will drain out of your body. And, yeah. you know, no house is perfectly even. So liquid is going to go to the path of least resistance. So it'll head towards your walls. Um, you know, we are taken out drywall, subfloor, carpeting, wood flooring. I mean, you name it, we've had it to where it's leaked from a third floor apartment into the second floor apartment um, just because it's been there for so long. So yeah. it, there's a ton of construction that, and I had no background in construction when I first started.
0: And is that, that was part of the trading process? Well, as well, or are they literally teaching you like how to like reconstruct really. a ceiling?
1: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so that was more, I had, like... a, I had to learn hands-on.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And then and also this was I...
1: before the day of YouTube, by the way. <laughs>
0: Really? So you I mean, how do you I mean, I, I, I was I remember before YouTube, but I mean, I wasn't learning how to clean crime scenes and, and remodel a, a home from a decomposed body. What kind of resources did you did you use?
1: Well, the only one that I had was that uh, I would hire people that knew how to do certain aspects of the job that I didn't like construction, gotcha. people that were handy and could get me through that part
0: and uh, that I learned off of them. Gotcha. So yeah, kind of just putting together like a ragtag team of people to yeah. clean, clean up a crime scene. And then, yeah, I guess that's so interesting. I mean, what, what an interesting profession to just sort of, I mean, obviously there's people interested, there was a school that you could go to, to, to do that. And it, I mean, it's, I think it's so interesting that there's people that are just, there's teachers at a school who are just like, that's their job is to teach other people how to, yeah. how to, how to, um, clean a crime scene. But, um, so, okay. So you finish the training, you're kind of hiring people. I, I mean, how do you go about, were you able to use connections through law enforcement in your job to find crime scenes to clean? Like, do you put an ad in the paper? How do you start that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of through referral sources. Um, it's it's more discreet. It's not your typical marketing avenues. That you know, you would kind of go to, you know, law enforcement or uh, funeral home employees. You know, people that deal with death all the time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it's so interesting how you say that. How it's was sort of this discreet thing, but now, I mean, you have an Instagram account with almost half a million people watching yeah. every day, watching videos that you're posting. Yeah. Um. It's it's interesting how. Would you say that 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 was something that you've noticed? Where obviously people are still, I'm assuming, being a little discreet um, about it. But how much the view of like crime scene cleanup has changed since you started uh, up until now?
1: Well, I knew uh, based on the amount of people that would apply that there was a you know, like I said, a curiosity yeah. on, on what we do. Um, so when I first decided I was going to take a social media stance on it. I I was going to do this from an educational perspective. And I because people are interested in what we do and how we do it. So if you'll notice, most of all of our videos and photos, they're very explanatory, we want to tell people like what happened, um, how we do to remediate it, what chemicals we use, what happens to the biohazard material. So everything that we do is very educational. And then we took it kind of across the platforms. And I, I have to admit, I was very very surprised at how kind of viral it all went
0: yeah i mean because of course there has been like this almost renaissance of like true crime murder like it's yeah. it's one of the most popular you know forms of entertainment right now Um yes and it feels like it's conti- it's it's not stopping it's continuing to no. grow um so yeah i would imagine uh, obviously that uh you know, it would be kind of a shock to be like, okay. I mean, I think people are always interested in learning no no matter what it is. So I think it's always I think I I, I feel like at least with like death or murder related stuff, especially with like true crimes, I feel like they sort of get away with a lot of stuff by saying like, no, this is we're trying to educate, we're trying to teach people. And I think that that's the best kind of avenue to go down, at least in the beginning, because you don't want to just be like you know like you're just trying to promote or take advantage of like these horrible things that are happening Um, I think the education educational aspect is super important Um, so okay so you you start this company uh, you're working on the weekends what was what was kind of like the time frame like to where you started doing it full-time and then you were you were specifically it was actually you going in and cleaning these places in the beginning
1: yeah that's correct do you so remember
0: I do you I'm sorry do ahead. you remember like the first crime scene like what oh, yeah. obviously you had some training and you were yeah. sort of prepared for it but where you, do you feel like you were prepared for your first actual crime scene cleanup? no way
1: <laughs> no? <laughs> no way it was a, a double homicide on Christmas day whoa so, uh, yeah whoa. it was uh intense and of course i'm do- I'm cleaning it all by myself not there's not one body there's two um it was it was a mess it was a on, whole mess
0: on christmas you're just yeah. you're you're cleaning up a double homicide
1: yeah
0: Whew. yeah i mean i don't know how you would even begin to be prepared for that yeah and not at what all. was does that take days does it take weeks like what is a, it what took is a,
1: me um I think it took two to three days by myself, just you. Yeah. I didn't have any, any employees at that time.
0: Wow. And when you finished that, were you, how did you feel? Were you, Did you want to continue? I feel like that would be. I yeah.
1: Mean, kind I kind of intense I realized the gaps in my training. So I yeah. knew, I knew what I needed to, to change and to improve on for, for the next ones. And, you know, each one I got better and better. Um, you you learn, you know, how to avoid mistakes and how to, how to do things quicker um, Uh, without compromising, you know, the situation.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty wild. Um, So how long, how long is, is the, the business where it's just you? Does it, obviously it's going to take some time to build. I mean, you can't really, I know you, you obviously make connections and you meet people, but it's not like you could like build a clientele, you know, like it's different. No.
1: Yeah. That was one of the biggest um, hurdles. I think it's not your average business. So you can't, you can't market the same manner that you would like a dry cleaner or a restaurant or something. It's, it's very different. You have to, you have to be more sensitive about your advertising and people don't want that in their face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, so how, what was the process like? How long are you, I mean, I can I would imagine the toll of constantly having to do all these cleanups on your own would, would, would get to you. What's the, what's the timeline? How long until you could start hiring other people to do this?
1: Uh, I started my company in November of 2005 and I quit my law enforcement job in May of 2006. So like six months later, yeah. uh, relocated to Florida and continued my business here. Um, and I hired my first employees in 2007.
0: That's pretty good. That's that's I mean, that's still a long time of you just cleaning up crime yeah, scenes on your it own. Was.
1: It was. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now it seems to have grown into this massive thing. I mean, from what I could tell, it's you have. Uh, these companies, sort of these cleanup crews all over the country now.
1: Yeah. So that, again, that was, you know, what started out to be a side hustle has turned into, you know, a nationwide franchise system with 47 yeah. locations across the U S.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> could you have even imagined that that this weekend no. job would have taken you here?
1: No way. Not, yeah. not even a minute.
0: That's pretty incredible. And now you also have a podcast that you do as well that's that's murder related when did you start that
1: actually not very long ago um it's like a a video kind of podcast on uh true crime type stuff and where we're discussing lesser known uh crimes that have that occurred that are you know more odd than your than your average day-to-day type thing um and i believe we started recording for it about four months ago but i think it's only been released for maybe a month and a half or two months
0: gotcha okay and you didn't obviously you have these videos that you're posting on instagram and and you you have a youtube channel of course with all these things you you wanted the podcast to be separate you didn't want to do any any sort of podcast that related to crime scene cleanup at all or you're just more focused well, on m- murder yeah, i mean and...
1: we did think about that but i i feel i didn't want to beat a dead horse you know we we talked gotcha. pretty extensively yeah on uh, on the reality show about you know kind of what occurred and what we're doing and you know i i didn't want to cross the line of going into that person's life especially if it was you know just a normal unattended death type thing so yeah. we wanted to take it in a different direction i feel like people want to be want to visually see what we do uh and what happens to the body and how it breaks down but then, what we're doing on the on the podcast is just a completely different type of conversation. It's more um, more of a social nature, if you will, and uh, we just kind of get together as a team and, and discuss some of these, you know, horrendous crimes, and then we kind of talk about it from a potential uh, cleanup perspective.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I haven't checked it out, but I'm very interested in listening to that as well. I've been sort of consumed with the Instagram. Um, I actually <laughs> I actually showed it to. A coworker not that long ago just because I was telling them that that I was going to interview you and that we were going to be talking about crime scene cleanup and it's so interesting to see different people's reactions to your Instagram yeah. account because yeah. for me it was like yeah this is kind of brutal it's some of those videos are tough to, to look at um, but still so interesting and, and again educational and I think obviously I have a different I think view on things and interests in this kind of stuff so I could kind yeah. of deal with it, but yeah, I showed it to to a coworker, and immediately it was just like they they couldn't handle it they, <laughs> they they couldn't look at it, and I told them I was like, oh, yeah, I started following them, so now it's like I see like all this new, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's tough, it's tough for some people, but it is it is super interesting i mean what it what an interesting career path, um especially from something that you felt like would just be <laughs> like a weekend side hustle, but um right uh I guess. Um I guess my last question is kind of just like uh based around you, you know you you talk about how it's this private thing and and it's not for everybody and um I guess what I'm kind of interested in is the the process afterwards so and obviously I guess you don't know what everyone's going to do but not only are are, are a lot of people just basically continuing to live their lives in these homes after they're cleaned up, or is it usually just new people like, is it? and do these people know, like obviously you might not know the answers to these questions, but I've just always thought about like, especially since seeing those videos, it's like, am I moving into a house where there was a double homicide on Christmas? Like how does that whole process work?
1: Yeah, it's typically uh, one of two things. So we do have a real estate component to our business too, where, you know, if it's just too much and you can't handle it and you just can't be in that house anymore, we'll just buy the house from you as is. You Mm -hmm. don't have to pay us to clean it, nothing. We'll just buy it as is anywhere in the country. Um, And the other half of the population just has us clean it and they remodel it and move right back in. So some people just can't handle the thought of it. Other people, it doesn't bother.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it would depend on the circumstances. Obviously I couldn't imagine wanting to live in a house where there was a double homicide, um, yeah. but possibly if, you know, grandma just maybe didn't wake up in you know her sleep, I think obviously you could probably handle that. Right. Um, so you guys will buy these homes and then just completely remodel and, yeah. and, and then you will just resell them.
1: I'll either resell it or I'll keep it as a rental property.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many and and it what what's like the legality of that? Do you need to tell people what happened in the homes before?
1: Not in uh some states you do, but most states you do not. I'm in Florida and we do not.
0: So there's a so there's a good chance a lot of people are living in homes where people were murdered and they have no idea.
1: Oh, no question. Yeah. <laughs> No question.
0: <laughs> That's so wild. I mean, uh-huh. I, I guess it's like, well, you're better off not knowing. Um, <laughs> do you ever, do you ever turn the rentals into homes that are themed based around what happened in them before?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet. Um, my staff is begging me to, uh, to buy one and keep it as is around Halloween time. So we can kind <laughs> of open a house of horrors in there and, I and was, uh, do that. I said I would take a stab at it.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, that that, that, that I think some would obviously see that as pretty gruesome, but I guess I don't know. There's a, there's a line that you could kind of draw in in what yeah. I think is is uh you know reasonable. But yeah, what an interesting thing to basically just be buying homes, crime scene homes. Yeah. I feel like that's like a whole new Airbnb that you could just pitch. They're crime oh, scene. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, it's that in hoarders too. Quarter homes too.
0: Oh, that's right. You also yeah. are uh, crime. I mean, it's not just crime scene. You obviously are involved in a lot of things. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, hoarders is just like a just a different kind of crime scene. Basically. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's just yeah. Those would you say? Would you say hoarders is worse than cleaning up a crime scene?
1: Uh, in most cases, yes.
0: I was. It I just was, really I depends on the feeling, volume. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling you were going to say that
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah i mean i've seen obviously i think a lot of people have seen the show hoarders and you kind of i mean i have like an idea obviously of what like a bad uh you know hoarding i don't even know what the word is but yeah i mean obviously i've seen you know there's just it's rats and it's dead animals and it's all kinds of crazy shit
1: yeah like human feces in the kitchen and you just i mean you never know what you're gonna get with a hoarder home um it's uh it's it's always a bag of tricks
0: yeah wow that's wild well i really appreciate you taking some time to talk to me um hey my pleasure this was uh this was very eye-opening for sure and super interesting and uh and um i'm a fan now i'm I'm excited to continue to follow the instagram (laughs) and i'm gonna check out the podcast and uh yeah thank you so much for talking with me i really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me i appreciate it